Did you know you can support your local independent bookstore and me in my efforts to promote books that feature women in aviation by shopping for your next aviatrix read on the Literary Aviatrix website? I built the website to serve as a central source to search and find books featuring women in aviation, and it was important to me to offer you the opportunity to buy from independent sellers. If the book you're interested in is available on bookshop.org, you'll find a link to purchase through my affiliate account on my website, which means I'll receive a small portion of the sale to support the content you love. Blue skies and happy reading. Welcome, this is Liz Booker with the Literary Aviatrix Waypoint along our journey through stories featuring women in aviation. This one is from Season 1, Episode 43, in my interview with Julie Tizard about her book, The Road to Wings. The Road to Wings is a lesbian romance novel set in Air Force flight training in the early 1990s. And it's an important point uh, in time and in the evolution of gays in the military. And quite frankly, it was a an important aspect of my personal experience and the experience of many of my friends. And so I'm grateful to Julie for preserving that in her stories and showing what it was really like in that environment. I think she captured that experience really well in this novel, along with the experience of going through military flight training and what that felt like. This book takes place in um, 1992-ish, right? Mm -hmm. 91, Mm -hmm. 92. And so you place it in the historical context of sort of the evolution of gays in the military. And, um, you know, you have all these taboos going on. You've got not only a romance between an instructor and a student, but you've got, this is the period pre don't ask, don't tell. So it's like, you have to be super secretive about it. So I came in, I enlisted in 1991 and then don't ask, don't tell was implemented, I think in 1994. And it was right around then that I was investigated under don't ask, don't tell. Um, And I was a single mom at the time. And I basically saw my career aspirations and the security for myself and my child flashed before my eyes. And it had a huge impact on me and it influenced the way that I behaved and and presented myself for the rest of my career. So I had just the tiniest taste of what it was like to try to survive in that environment and still be true to yourself, even if secretly. Um, I'd love for you to kind of talk about your experience, your friends' experiences, because I have many friends too who I lived the pain vicariously through as they were going through their careers. Well, um, it was a a very challenging and difficult thing to have to juggle your real life um, and who you really were and what you needed to do to succeed as a military pilot. Every aspect of your life was scrutinized. When you live on base, you have no civil rights. Um, You know, if the security police want to pull you over and check your trunk whenever, they can do that. 
And so, but I was very aware from um, high school, I think when I had an awareness of my own uh, um, self, that being gay was something I had to keep on the down low. And that was something I certainly had to do going to a Southern Baptist college in Texas, which is an example of 17-year-old decision-making just for you parents out there. Um, <laughs> don't let your kids go there. Um, but, and I was in Air Force ROTC the first year it was open to women. So I was aware that I, by then I was aware I was absolutely gay. And I also knew I had to keep that uh, a complete secret. So, um, and I, I actually had a little bit of a, of a fight with my editor who was saying, most people want to read things about contemporary time period, what's happening right now, not something that happened, you know, 20 years ago. And I, I had to say, this is important. This is an important part of the story. It's not only uh, working as hard as you can to become a pilot, but with the additional burden of having to hide who you are in order to see, succeed in that environment. And so uh, she agreed and let me write about that because that's a really important part of our history and our story that needs to be understood and included. And uh, so there's a point where, and yet, even in that environment, when we knew we had to be secretive, we found a way to connect with each other and uh, through the base softball team. Uh, and uh, so we had actually had a really cool community of women. There were women, uh, aircraft mechanics, uh, uh, gals that worked in the hospital and all over. And we knew about each other. We knew we couldn't say anything about each other, but we were able to come together and have fun on the softball team. You know, I really love that aspect of the book. Um, you know, I was, I was a, a member of the metaphorical softball team <laughs> in the Coast Guard because uh, mm-hmm. they, they all found each other, you know, and I was always with the group. Um, and I just found that heartwarming that you had that safe network and that, that, you, uh, that was part of the book, too. And then also sort of the safe house off the base with the mm-hmm. civilian friends where you could go as just sort of like a respite from the pressures of all of the eyes in the universe on you in the military world. And I think when we were talking in the book club, you mentioned that you had that for yourself, right? Oh yeah. And I used to think of it as an escape from the uh, testosterone poisoning uh, that you were subjected to all (laughs) week. And it was just, you know, you're the only female in in a room with 40 men and just the farting and the burping and the bathroom humor and just, it was endless. And, and it was like, I just, I call it, I call it the adolescent boys locker room. Okay. Yeah. I spent 30 years in the adolescent boys locker room. Yes. Right there. And I, I just needed to hear the sound of women's voices and I needed to hear the sound of women's laughter. And it, and I had two uh, very special friends uh, in Phoenix and, and it would be impromptu pool parties at their house every weekend. And it's, it really saved me and it really energized me to put on like my, uh, my armor uh, for the next week uh, to get through training and deal with these guys and continue to advance. 